Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, welcome back to another interview episode. Thanks as always for tuning in. I'm so grateful to be with you today. Today, we're diving deep with one of my besties, Libby Crow. If you don't know Libby, she's one of the most beautiful, soulful, radiant, magical humans I have ever met. She's a global mentor for entrepreneurs running a marketing strategy company and is the co-founder of The Daily Shift, a personal development company. Libby is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs see the journey as a bridge to raise the vibration of the planet and as a portal for giving back philanthropically. Not only is she an amazing human and entrepreneur, but she actually started her career as a health coach and is trained in the psychology of eating. Her story about her own struggle with body image and finding freedom continues to inspire me, along with thousands of other women. And that's why I'm so excited for her to be here today, to not only tell you her story, but to also jam about body love and how she personally found a healing nutrition protocol that completely transformed her life. I trust that you're going to absolutely love this conversation that we're about to have. Welcome, Libby, to the show. I am so, so, so excited to have you here. I've missed you so much recently. I feel like I haven't seen you in just a few weeks, and I still miss you so much. I know. I love you. I'm so excited to jam with you today and drop some love wisdom bombs on everyone listening. Yay! 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 I saw a beautiful like meme Instagram post this morning from my coach that was, and he was sharing about how certain paths are meant to be cultivated and honored and certain paths are meant to be forgotten and abandoned. When I saw this quote from him, it reminded me of you because I feel like you are one of the most courageous, beautiful, inspirational humans that I've ever met in respect to stepping into your power and pivoting when things are in alignment with your truth. And just watching you and witnessing you in our mastermind and becoming friends with you, I really, really respect and trust that like wherever you are in your journey, it's perfectly perfect for where you need to be. And it's something that has been inspiring for me to witness and find my own courage and being able to tap into that. And so I'm curious because your business has evolved, your health has evolved. There's so many aspects of who you are that has evolved over the last couple of years of getting to know you. But I wanted to kind of dive into that and just kind of share where you get that courage and how you've transitioned, how you've come to where you are today with your business and your health and all the things that you're currently doing. Yeah, thank you. Whenever we come to a pivot, whether it's in business or relationship or with our health or any compartment of life, it reminds me of when 
you go try on a swimsuit and it just looks awful and it feels awful. Have you ever had that experience? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. this is just not right. And it's like that itchy feeling kind of like, I need to get out of this immediately. Like this comes up for me internally. And then of course, within that brings up a lot of thoughts like, uh uh-oh, because you build things and, and you become attached to them and you create an identity around them. And to kind of erase it all, take off the swimsuit that doesn't fit right. It's scary because Mm -hmm. it's going into the unknown or the uncertainty and trusting that something better is to come. So I've done this a lot, like you mentioned, in lots of areas of my life. And I remember the first biggest one was when I was an elementary teacher and I pivoted and I quit teaching after six months of finding a side passion in wellness. And I said, you know what, if I can make money working 10 hours a week and being a teacher, which was pretty stressful and you don't get paid much. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And people thought it was crazy. But I thought, well, if I got a taste of something I like, or if I saw a swimsuit that looks better, and I'm not going to go for it. That's so silly. I, I deserve to like feel happy. I deserve to get what I want. And so I've always kind of had that internal, well, if they're going to do it, I can do it. Or if that's on the other side of this fear place or this unknown, I'm going to go for it. So that was the first big one in my life, which was pretty huge. Entrepreneurship's no joke. It's for the wild ones. And it's like going from something that feels like in the matrix or feels like something that is pat on the back. You got your degree and you got your job and you have your insurance and going into something where you're just not sure what will happen. It does take guts and it does take confidence. And so that was the very first time I remember doing this. And then since we've known each other, I've changed a lot as I feel like once you tap into spiritual and personal development, you just can't stop. Right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. kind of like once I popped, I just couldn't stop. I mean, even just spiritually, I used to be super atheist. And when my dad died almost eight years ago now, I was like, oh my gosh, is there something more? And then I became spiritual. And so I've gone through all these experiences in my life, which is, have led to more of an internal shift of what I believe who I believe I am at that time. So identity work. And then that obviously impacts and affects how I show up in the world and how I serve people and how I contribute. So it's been in every area of my life, these moments where I second guess myself and my decisions and where I'm at. And I ask these questions like, if anything were possible, would I still stay here? Or if money wasn't the only thing that was important, would I keep doing this? Or if I really tune into my body, does this feel exciting? And so it's you're slowing down and asking yourself those questions, getting in tune with your intuition. That has led me to be able to make these pivots in my life, whether it's in business or whatever, that have led me to greater alignment. So it's a ride and it takes mm-hmm. a lot of cojones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage. And then also, like you said, tapping that place within you, that intuition and then acting mm-hmm. on it. I think so often we know deep within us on a soul level what we're meant to do. Like we know the way we're operating our business doesn't work for us anymore. We know that the way that we're behaving in relationship to our health no longer serves our highest well-being. Or we know the relationship we are in isn't the one for us. So we know it intuitively, but then we don't have the courage to move forward with that. How have you cultivated that courage? I'm just curious if it's something you grew up with. I know you and your mom are super close. Is it something she instilled in you? Because I think that's where people get the most stuck. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I've kind of always been like flying my freak flag and like not doing what everyone else is doing and being mm-hmm. contrarian. I mean, I was a great kiddo, but I've always kind of been the one that was questioning everything. Like, guys, if you're not happy, why are you in this marriage? Or guys, like, why would you try to parent me like that? That doesn't make sense. So I've always kind of been contrarian since I was little. But I think honestly, a lot of it is personality type. Like the more I get to know people, the more I'm like, wow, everyone has their own way of doing everything, their own thought process, their own everything. So I tend to aim more towards this three Enneagram type, which is the achiever, which is, okay, I can do that and I'm going to do it. So I think that's just part of my fiber of my being. I've always kind of been that oriented performer, achiever archetype, which intrinsically allowed me to make these decisions and these pivots in my life that created a lot of success and happiness. And I've learned a lot and it also created burnout. So I'm learning with my personality type of the (laughs) go-getter that there is a balance and there is a harmony and there is a being or a yin or a more feminine or whatever you want to call it approach to life that really suits me. And the only reason I found out about that is because I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I kept going and I kept going after my goals and making more of them. And I mean, last year I scaled a seven-figure company. Like I got married. I've traveled the world solo. Like I do these things and then I'm like, whoa, okay, that was a lot. Let me come back into my body. And what was I searching for? And for me, it's been a little more of just my achiever archetype, which I mean, if we're honest, probably from when I was a little kid, I was trying to prove that I was lovable to my dad, right? All goes down to childhood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it also just is part of my blood. Like, yeah, let's go get it. Like people say, I always say the word slay, like go slay it. So I've learned in the last couple of years, the opposite of that. So the pendulum swung, I, I kind of burnt out after maybe my whole life of pushing and doing and achieving and it got me to a place where I felt so well-resourced. I felt really confident. I, I helped so many people, not just in their own businesses, but with their own wellness. And I did, had a life coaching company too. I've had a lot of different types of consulting businesses. And so it really was of service. And then at the same time, the lesson of the not-so-gentle messenger of you also need to take really good care of yourself. You also need to slow down. You also need to sit in silence. These other messages came through really strong last year. And I think that's due to the fact that I created a lot of success and that I felt safe to kind of relax a little bit. That my whole body was so used to going and going and that cortisol just streaming always that my body finally was said, you know what? We're good. So that was burnout. So for me, it's been pushing, pushing, and then now learning the lesson of the opposite of that being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being in our body. Yeah. And just stillness, you know, and not having to do something all the time or have a full schedule and still be efficient at what we do, whether it's in our lives or businesses. Yeah. I remember probably a year ago when we started our mastermind group, we were having this conversation amongst several women in the group about how terrifying it is to slow down and just be Mm -hmm. quiet and be still and not be doing. And what does that do to who we are? What does that define us? How does that define us? And, and what does that mean for the next amount of time in terms of our relationship with our work and partnership and all of these other things? And I'm curious over the last year, what were some of the ways you have gotten into your body? What are some of the practices have used or different techniques and 
anything that's really resonated with you because I think it's a very practical thing to say, okay, let's get in your body, right? Mm -hmm. I also think it's very terrifying to most because it means that you now have to confront the parts of yourself and your thoughts Mm -hmm. and your emotions and your feelings and your past and your trauma and the stories. And I know because we work with the same therapist that (laughs) we both do so much work around this. So I'm just curious if it's just therapy work or what else have you been doing? Oh, there's so much more and I'd love to share. And And to speak into just real quickly, the creative spirit that a lot of our friends have and in our mastermind that Mm -hmm. it's hard sometimes to say, let me just shut that off for a second because creativity doesn't get shut off. It's kind of just part of our being. So to just say, you know what, I don't have to be creating. I can still have that feeling inside of me or those sparkles inside of me. It is, it can be a challenge for people who are such producers of things, you know, and creators Mm -hmm. of things. Yeah, I think that's important for people to hear that are listening who are like, oh my gosh, I can't shut off my thoughts and my ideas and my visions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I get you. So part of the healing work that I've done, there's so many things, but specifically, yes, always be working with some kind of therapist. I believe in it so strongly. Sometimes I tell people that and they think, well, what's wrong with you? Or they ask, well, what's the matter? And I'm like, oh, nothing's the matter. It's the fact that I just have things to rewire and dismantle from all the years of being alive. And it just, I get to be free of more. And so that's always going to be a part of my life. One thing that I started recently was hypnotherapy. Have you done hypnotherapy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a really good practitioner that I love. I always thought it was kind of weird and hokey and I was scared of it. And I was like, I don't want to like pass out, but I guess I had the wrong thought about it. I didn't know. I guess I just saw the weird media about it. And I'm working with this hypnotherapist named Grace. And that has been really transformative. I would say more than therapy in many ways, because it's like I get to this deeper part of my subconscious. And there's so much there that you really don't realize. So that's been a great tool for me. One thing that you don't have to hire anyone for that's been really helpful for me And it sounds kind of type A, but it's really helped me learn this practice was to set up three to four hours in my phone a day where there's nothing. So usually that happens for most people in the evening. And then that gets stuck with stuff like with person you're dating or you're married to or you're with friends or, you know, you're at an event or you're watching Netflix. But what if you did that during the day? Or what if you did that in a time where you knew there was nothingness and you kind of just allowed yourself to be whether that is, oh, you know, I'm just going to see what comes up for me. I'm going to go on a bike ride or I'm going to just lay here and do nothing. Like just to give yourself time to not have to do something that started to give me a taste of what it was like to not be under pressure, not putting pressure on myself to not have to perform or create and to just be. So I actually scheduled like a type A person out stillness in my calendar when I was learning how to even practice that. And I think it sounds silly to some people, but it really helped me understand that, oh, this is really helpful because I just got a great idea from the stillness or, wow, this is really helpful because I didn't realize how tired I was and maybe I needed a nap or whatever. Or maybe, Jews, I haven't called my friend in three months. I'm going to call that person. So there's a lot that can happen when we take time for ourselves to do nothing and to be. And another thing that I did, which helped me get in my body more was I shifted the way I was eating. And we were kind of talking about this before we hit record. And I've had quite a long experience in weight loss and fitness and nutrition and 
and then in eating psychology coaching for women and body image. And, and I've never been in a place until this last year where I deeply fully felt really good physically. There was always like I would eat to, cause I knew this thing was healthy or I wanted to lose weight. And so I shifted my way of eating, which helped me sensitize my body, which has given me more brain clarity, more energy, better digestion and so on. So from a health perspective, I've shifted a lot too, which has helped me just be in my body more, which allows me to make decisions that are more aligned, you know, with what I want to do with my day and my energy and my time. So those are some things that come to mind right away. And then the last little thing is I spent more time with myself. Like I can be such a people person. I'm so extroverted that it's like you mentioned, be that time with yourself whether it's like a sole location that I would take or even just spending the whole day at a coffee shop, not with someone else, but just by myself or whatever has been really healing to me as well. So those are some things that come up to first to mind when I think about the last year and what I've been working on. I love it. I love it. I think it's so important that we take time for ourselves. And whenever I ask clients, when was the last time that you were alone? Most of them can't remember. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It's mind blowing to me that we're living in this world where, or even when was the last time you were in silence? I think that's another big one because it's, we're in living in this world where we have the television on or we're listening to the radio or even a podcast, which are amazing. But it's like, <laughs> when is the last time that you have had a moment to listen to your own thoughts? And if we don't have that space to listen to our thoughts, then we're constantly being told how to live because we're not able to tap that place in ourselves to listen to our own intuition. And what I love about what you've done is by raising the vibration of your body, you're able to tap that place in your of intuition because we think that the intuition can come when we're a low vibrational state, which it can, but it's much easier and we have access to it when we're actually eating clean food and moving and feeling really good in our body. And we have that voice of clarity um, and so I wanted to dive into what has worked for you. Cause I know you've been talking a lot about the keto diet mm-hmm. and I love this because so often we think that, and I'm a big component for mindful eating and intuitive eating. So I want to preface this by that, but I think it's also really important when we're going through a healing process and when we're trusting our own body, that there might be a protocol that is restrictive, that is good for you. And that might actually be an act of self-love. And so I wanted you, if you're open to talk about this, because I think we're living in a world right now where there's the extremes of like, well, if I'm on a restrictive diet, then that's not self-love. But if I love myself, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. And I think we're getting confused. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It's a slippery slope. People can take some offense or get triggered or Mm -hmm. whatever. And I get that. I mean, I used to count every single calorie I ate. I used to I used to weigh myself every day. I was pretty, I call it the this frenzy cycle. I actually like used to have a four part video series on it and everything. And and I get that. And so I kind of tiptoe around the word diet because I think people get confused about what it means and what it is and whatever. And so for me, when I heard about this keto thing, I thought, oh, that's just another weird fad, whatever. I just missed it. And then one day I was really bored, which never really happens to me. I like had extra time. I just wasn't really doing much. I would go on YouTube, never, literally never spent time just surfing videos on YouTube. I think this is a normal thing that people do, but I've never Mm -hmm. done this. I type in keto 
And all of a sudden, I find all these videos on keto and I just watch them for hours, Sarah. Like, I'm not the kind of person that sits on my computer and just watches videos. I just got sucked in and I thought, wow, this is so fascinating. There's always been a part of me, like I went to school for pre-med before I became a teacher because I love the science of the body. I find it fascinating. So I go deep. I just watch all these videos and I'm like, this is so interesting. I start buying books. I start listening to podcasts and I was like, you know what? This sounds like something I could test that might help me with my adrenal fatigue or might help me with my blood sugar. Because I went through I would just eat something and then I feel that crash, you know, like, oh, then I should drink coffee and that that little thing that people do during the day when they're eating lots of carbs and sugars. I was in that and and I heard about all these benefits, less brain fog. It's like everything people were saying, I thought, okay, I want that. Here's the thing that's different about where I'm at now with eating a certain way. And I wouldn't call it restrictive because it doesn't feel like that to me. It sounds exciting to me, not restrictive, but in the past, you bet your butt it would sound restrictive to me. But I've done that healing work and that emotional, spiritual work around food and body that now I'm in a place, like you mentioned, where I can eat a certain way and I know like I can eat a cookie whenever I want. Like I'm the boss of my own body and I'm not going to like rebel because when you're in a, a healing phase, which if you Google like the 11 phases of nourishment, it's really interesting to see where you are at and you can be different places all the time in your way of eating and how you're being with food. And the healing phase is like, I'm using food literally like medicine. And I never really thought I would be in that place. I always saw that on the list of the phases of nourishment. And I was like, that sounds like it sucks, you know? (laughs) And being in it, I will say that it's like, I choose it. You know, I don't feel like I have to do something. I don't feel like I'm restricted. I'm excited that what I eat is not going to give me a stomach ache. It's not going to make me feel bloated is going to make me feel full, is going to give me energy, is going to allow me to have good poops. You know, like Mm -hmm. I actually feel really excited about the choices I'm making. And I think unless you get to that place of healing the emotional, spiritual part of mind, body, soul, food, body, fitness thing, then you're going to always think, oh, if you can't eat that, it's restriction. Where I look at it, it's like I get to eat these things and then I get to feel that way. So it's such a weird reframe that I literally Mm -hmm. never thought I would have, especially with such a past of kind of going crazy with always trying to lose weight and to change my body externally and eating different ways that always backfire. I mean, you probably talk about this all the time with people and people who know your work is that when we restrict, we rebel. But when you're choosing to eat certain things that it really feels like a full body exciting yes, you're not going to rebel because you're like, yeah, I'm proud that I'm making these decisions because I feel good. And it's like, I have this different lens than I've ever had in my whole life on food. And it's shocking to me, literally, I never thought I'd feel this chill or just normal around food. And I've been through a lot of different phases and cycles. So doing the keto, it's not no dairy. And I started eating animals again after I call them animals. Some people say meat because that's a normal thing to say. I still call them animals because I was like hardcore vegan for years. And I started eating meat again. And it's just a whole different way of being. And and I think that it's so important for anyone to know that we're so bio-individual and something doesn't work for this person that works for that person. And that's why it's just testing. But I think coming from a place of calm trust and healing from your past, if you have any, which I think everyone does, food body challenges, that's how something's going to stick and become a lifestyle is because 
there's not tension around it, if that makes sense. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like you mentioned, it's from not from the scarcity that your body needs to change externally, but it's from the worthiness and the feeling of a desire to be healthy and happy and live a life of purpose. And when you're so connected to that purpose and you're so connected to wanting to be on this planet, then it shifts from I can't have to, well, I can have, and this is exciting because no longer does this cookie or you know this cake or this bread make me feel like shit. It actually is a blessing that I have figured out that it no longer is necessary as part of my routine. I loved your post that you wrote a while ago. You're like, I never thought I was going to give up cookies. <laughs> like Never, <laughs> never. I was like the cookie monster. And now when I look at it, my whole body is like, oh God, that's going to spike your blood sugar. That's going to bloat you. It's a whole thing. And I love what you're saying about it's like longevity. It's like, I want to be here. And it's something shifted in me where it's like I had the emotional stuff. I healed that and took a long time. And then now it's like this clean slate of like, okay, what can I do to like live as long as I can? What works for my body? I also got a lot, I didn't mention this, but I got a lot of testing too from like a functional medicine doctor that allowed me to understand more about my hormones and what was going on in my GI tract and all of that. And so now it's becoming like a fun thing with food. Like you mentioned, like, I don't know what's happening in my body externally, but I'm really curious about what's happening internally now. So it's such a wild ride to go from hardcore dieter to like chill, like I'm good. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would be in this place. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. I remember we were geeking out the other day. We were voice noting each other back and forth about the adrenal tests and the functional mm-hmm. medicine tests that you were doing. And, and I was so excited for you. And I was, <laughs> I was like, I need to get on this as well because I've been doing them over the course of the last year and wanting to do them again. And it becomes this exciting process where I think so often we're, we're terrified of what the tests are going to show us. Mm-hmm. And when we shift into a space of loving our body and being like, I want my body to operate at its highest potential. And we have that mindset shift take place, then it's exciting because we're like, oh, well, we can only go up if we know what's wrong versus I'm going to figure out what's wrong and then I'm going to have to give something up. And it's a complete mind shift. And that's what you've been doing. And I just have loved and loved witnessing you in this process. It's been so fun. Oh, thank you. I, I don't even know that I'd be here if I didn't go through the crap of just that hardcore five, six years of, well, let's be honest, like my whole life. But a lot of just trying to change my body and like struggling with that. And I had to do that healing. And I don't know what has to come first. I don't know if wellness needs to come first, internal wellness, and then healing emotionally or if they can be flip-flopped. I don't know. But I know for me, it's like I needed to heal it so that I knew I was in control and food wasn't controlling me. And then I could come to this even ground, this even playing field where I was like, okay, we're cool now. And 
So wherever someone's at on the journey, I, I just totally get it. Like someone was here earlier today drawing blood for my last test that I'm getting for my doctor. And we were talking about it. And she's like, you know, I've tried it before, but I always go back to like eating bread and pasta. And I'm like, probably because you feel like you can't have it. And I don't think that you should try something yet then if it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right. So I think everyone's in such a different place. And it's really kind of fun and new for me to share where I'm at now. And also like no judgment if you're like, I can't give up my cookie. Like that's how I was for most of my life. And I never imagined a day where my belly could feel so good or I could feel so energized with food and that I wouldn't feel annoyed that I couldn't have X, Y, and Z. So yeah, I think this is such an important topic and I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful that we can kind of crisscross the lines of internal wellness and mental wellness and emotional wellness all in the same conversation. Yeah. And I don't think it's something where you have to start with one or the other. Like you said, I think little steps in the direction of physical well-being, little steps in the direction of mental well-being, little steps in the direction of spiritual well-being, and then everything adds up. And you look back Mm -hmm. over the course of a year and you're like, wow, I'm in a completely different place than I ever envisioned because I've taken steps in every area of my life. You have to go first with a mental, emotional. Sometimes people go first with the physical and there's no right or wrong. But I think it is like the baby steps and chipping away at one thing at a time and just being like, okay, I'm going to make this commitment to myself to begin to shift into a greater sense of well-being every single day. And I'm the only person that can do that. And this is radical self-responsibility. And that's mm-hmm. something I've seen through you where I've just witnessed this radical responsibility for taking care of yourself. And I think when we stop the blame game of like, oh my gosh, my health coach doesn't know what she's doing. My doctor doesn't know. My, this book is wrong. I'm going to listen to a hundred podcasts and get confused. It's like when we actually start taking the responsibility of our lives, that's when we see tremendous shifts. I, I was reading a post of yours from a while ago about a promise you made to yourself about never hindering any experience moving forward and this responsibility to like fall in love with yourself. It was about like skinny dipping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what was that post? It was about skinny dipping and how you, was it that you hadn't gone skinny, skinny dipping and then you? Oh, yes. I was with some girlfriends and it was late at night, like 11 p.m., which is super late for this grandma over here. I did to go skinny dipping in the ocean and I didn't go in because I just didn't feel comfortable in my body. And that was only like a year ago. So I just feel like what you're saying is so relevant. It's these baby steps that we're always taking, these mini healings that can happen at any moment of any day in any of our four energy bodies, like spiritual, emotional, intellectual, physical, that lead us to more alignment, that lead us to greater confidence. And then, of course, from that place of this prioritizing ourselves and our healing and, you know, getting closer and closer to our highest selves, we can then come from that overflow, which serves the world from from that place, from that abundance, not from the sustenance. And And so... Yeah. I mean, what you said, like these micro steps, they really do add up. And then when you connect the the dots backwards, it's shocking how much Mm -hmm. you've changed and grown over even sometimes one month. And you know that if people say you've changed, tell them thank you. I think that's so true. It's like there's there's always this path, not that. And that often can come from stillness even. So it's such a wild ride being human. And it's such a wild ride being human in public, like having a public personal brand too. And people just seeing all the pivots and the things that you do, it's a trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, really, (laughs) really beautiful. 
to like just witness the evolution of everyone. And I think it's really important as women that we empower one another and applaud and celebrate and these changes, right? Because I think so often, like you said, say thank you. Because we often are like, oh, you're so different. Well, is that because you're no longer partying with your girlfriends and that's what they want you to do? Or is that your truth anymore? And maybe they're projecting something onto you that isn't your truth anymore that is hurting your well-being. And it's a blessing that you're different. And so I'm curious if, if anything like that has happened for you where you've had to create really clear boundaries and, and being a highly sensitive person, which you talk a lot about, which I'm as well. I'm curious how you've nav- navigated that with your health and wellness too. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the pivots, if we go back to there, it's like every time you make a pivot, it's almost like you have a whole new set of boundaries. You have a whole new set of people in your life. You have a whole new set of everything, belief systems, you know, and ways of doing things in the world. So absolutely. I mean, I remember, so my dad died of alcoholism. So I remember I made the decision when I started my very first company seven years ago in in the wellness industry, I'm not going to drink and I don't want to be around people who drink. And this is just an example of self-love, self-care and prioritizing what your needs are. And I'll move into sensitivity in a second, but that was just an example of like, I don't want to go to happy hour. Let's go on a hike instead or whatever. And I find that through your pivots and through all the evolution that you experience and the ways that you change, people who are on board with you, they'll stay. They don't care. They might not change like you or in the same direction of you, but if they're for you and they really love you, they just honor that and they respect that and it can be mutual. They're always going to hang around. So yeah, I've experienced that too, where I've had to have these different sets of boundaries and I've met different people and all of that through times. And and speaking of just the changing of who I want to be around and feeling into that, this the sensitivity thing. Yeah. So wow. It's like, where do you start? Like we could do five episodes of being a highly sensitive person, right? So I've always kind of felt like, why am I feeling all of this and no one else is feeling it? Or maybe like, why do I have this really great ninja warrior sense of emotional and social intelligence? Like what's happening here? Why do some people not have that as much? Or why do people not get these intuitive hits or have this internal deep discernment like I do? So I've always kind of wondered, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago, I discovered what an HSP, highly sensitive person was like, oh my God, I remember reading the book and started crying, just being like, oh, I did not know that there was, this was the thing. And I think we're all sensitive in our own ways. And I hope and I see that people, the more healing they're doing and the more in their bodies they're getting, the more sensitive they are getting too, which I think is a beautiful thing. It's a superpower to be sensitive. And so I use that as one of my greatest gifts and like my hero cape of being sensitive because it's just being hyper aware, really. And and I think sometimes people have to practice that and it can be a skill. I think maybe you and I are talking about this natural, organic superpower of just being highly sensitized to everything, people, places, Mm -hmm. environments, experiences, you name it, food. And so that's been one of my superpowers that I've tapped into more recently, which I've realized has really aided me too and gone hand in hand with this whole let me be in my yin. Let me try to relax and be because the sensitive soul needs that. It really needs that. It's like medicine for it. So, oh my gosh, yes to talking about being sensitive. Yes. And I think it's so, so beautiful that to flip it, right? To flip the belief that sensitivity is something we're born with that is preventing us from living a beautiful life. Like so many people I think are in so much shame around it. 
and they use food and even addiction to different ways and different forms of addiction to suppress their sensitivity because they don't want to just embody this gift that they're given, which is the discernment, the intuition, being able to tap these different energies. And so it's so beautiful that you've presented that mindset shift where this is a beautiful gift that we get to embody and live through. And I think that if you are highly sensitive and using food as a way to cope with it, right? I think the first step, and I'm curious your thoughts on this would be just the awareness, right? Of that it's happening or the awareness that you're not taking care of your body in the way that would serve your highest well-being. Because it's one thing to be highly sensitive and there's another thing to try to suppress that gift. Mm-hmm. I think some people might not even know that they are and they're mm-hmm. so used to using food to numb feelings or to feel better or more grounded even sometimes with food that it's like, gosh, if someone even feels a little bit like, I feel like that could be me. It's like, start looking up mm-hmm. HSP. And, and for me, what I've noticed is that I always used food. And I think because you don't have to go through something traumatic or be under a coaching experience or whatever to feel a lot. Like being in the world is a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like being around the EMFs and, and just the people and the sirens and dogs barking and just being in the world is a lot. It's chaotic. And so on most people's nervous systems, we're just trying to heal that and to like feel better. And for many people and for me for the longest time, I agree. I just go to food. Okay. Like I just got to feel better or like this feels like too much for me and how I know how to navigate these feelings or this emotion or the sensitivity. Food, 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 food. So I definitely think that everyone has their way of starting to try to feel grounded in those moments and awareness and presence, like you mentioned, that's the only way you're going to be able to catch it, you know, Mm -hmm. if you slow down and you're like, okay, let me see what just happened. Oh, interesting. Like I, I had this feeling or I had this anxiety or I was overwhelmed or overstimulated and I went straight to the kitchen. Interesting. Okay. Then I grabbed this. Oh, and then I felt better. Oh, no wonder I'm using food as a coping mechanism. It's not bad. It's just good to know. So I always think if you can slow down and be curious about your thoughts and your behaviors, like you're winning the lottery. This is big and it can be hard because our thoughts and behaviors happen so fast, like in the blink of an eye and to rewire those, those neural pathways and all of that, it does take so much awareness and just giving yourself time to reflect on the day or reflect on moments and journal and, and to actually think about what happened and what decisions you made and what mindset mindsets you had, like even the other day, this doesn't have to do with being sensitive, but being aware of of how you're feeling. I was laying in bed and I started having a thought pattern that was not positive. And I caught myself in the middle. I'm like, wow, why am I having this thought pattern? What is it really about? And so I kind of dismantled that. And that's the art of being really, right? Is when you can catch yourself and slow down and then kind of get right with yourself and reframe. So yeah, I think whether you're highly sensitive or not, especially if you're highly sensitive, we can use these coping mechanisms because Mm -hmm. often the feeling is just, it can feel like too much sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's something that was so helpful for me was that just understanding that from a media, cultural, societal sort of process where we learn how to behave, right? We're not taught. We're not taught how to manage our sensitivity. We're not taught about self-love, self-esteem, self-compassion, self-awareness. Like these things aren't taught. And so it's not our fault that we don't know how to cope with different feelings and experiences. But the only solution is really inside of us. 
And so again, it comes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is like the radical responsibility, which I think you've taken on so well is just the fact that you're like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And yeah, I don't need a therapist, but I'm going to have a therapist because it's setting me free from those beliefs that have been projected upon me my whole life. And yeah, it's not, it's not my fault that they were, but it still comes back to me if I want to feel a certain way or live a different way or be a different way. Yeah, I just love love that. And I think it's so important that we continue as people who are in the public eye on social media, really presenting that truth that we're doing the work. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because if I looked at your Instagram, Libby, before I knew you, I was like, this girl is amazing. And I still think you're amazing. And I love you. But knowing you even more and the depth of who you are and the journey you've been through and reading through your texts of like what you talk about and what you present to the world, like makes me just so appreciate your truth and how you present that to the world. Like it's amazing that you share, but a lot of people aren't sharing that. Yeah. I mean, that's why my whole movement is called Behind the Dream because it's like, let's, no, let's not do shiny. Let's be real. And here's the crap. And I'm not afraid to talk about the crap because no one told me there was going to be crap. And I thought it was going to be all shiny. You know, I thought life was going to be like shiny. And I saw like, you know, now and again, like that doesn't look shiny, but like no one's talking about it, just swept under the rug, whatever it is. And so, yeah, I think it's so important to be vulnerable and courageous in the truth that hey, this is a roller coaster. No one's wearing seatbelts. Everyone's trying to do the best they can. And like you mentioned, the more we take radical responsibility for our experience and our healing and the way that we show up, the easier everything's going to be and the actual shinier everything's going to be. But we have to go through the muck and the shadow and be okay with that. And it might pop up every day a little bit. And that's okay, Mm -hmm. too. And yeah, it's just I agree with you posting and sharing. I love social media. Some people say it's the toilet of society. I disagree. It's like, who are they following then if that's what Mm -hmm. they think? I think we have such an opportunity to get these types of messages out into the world where people won't feel alone. Because so many people feel alone. They feel like they're crazy. They are sad. They're anxious. And the more we talk about, hey, this stuff is real. You just got to do the healing work and it's okay and it gets better. And it's always an opportunity. I view every opportunity of crapness or stuckness or those seasons that are just blow, I view those as, oh my gosh, I get to teach on this at some point. I get to share this with other people at some point. So it gets to be exciting. It's like an equation that you're going to solve. Yeah, I love it. I remember a post that you shared about being really depressed and going to the doctor and being put on medicine and how for you, that was like someone numbing your truth. And in that moment, I had tears in my eyes because I remember that story being a reflection of my story. And it was like this moment where I felt more connected to you and part of my past didn't feel so lonely, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. just one example of so many examples online where when we present an experience that is our truth and other people get to connect with us, it helps. I think it just helps make the world a lighter place. It's like, okay, well, she's been there. I get it. Mm -hmm. And what has she done to help radically shift it? And pieces pieces of her journey might work for me and they might not. And this is a beautiful experimentation and I get to play and figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times things feel like the end of the world. When you can see other people sharing that they had those same thoughts. Wow. It gives you a second look at, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be here and I can get through this. And I'm just so grateful that we are living in a time where mental health is just such a hip thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all those cute little Instagram posts that are like, 
the little happy self-care posts and they're like doodles and illustrations. Like we're in a time where those are hip. Like I love that this is a thing, you know, it's, it's a whole new world we're living in. I'm just, I'm really grateful. Me too. I remember when I met my husband, people weren't talking about as openly, maybe they were, I just wasn't aware to it about eating disorders and things. And I remember like the first post, I was like so terrified. I kept checking my phone every second for like two days. I was like, <laughs> backlash is going to be absurd. And my family is going to hate me for sharing my wounds on social media and to, to their family members. And I just had so many stories. And now it's, you know, it's just part of our life. It's like, of course we would share. Why would we not share? Yeah, it's just so natural now to just be honest. And I don't think everyone's there. I think that maybe in the crew that we run with, we love to talk about vulnerability and we view that as power. And I think the more we do that too, the more it'll kind of triple into the people who get to take that first step and do that first share, that first post or write your that first book, you know, on all the things that they've learned too. So I think we're modeling this. And, and not that it needs to always be like dark and doomy, you know, it's just that it really gives people the opportunity to see, like you mentioned, they're not alone. It's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. This sucks now, but there is, there is some rainbow and sparkle on the other side mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. What are some fun sparkle rainbow projects you're working on? Like what, <laughs> what's coming up that everyone yeah. needs to know about? Oh my gosh. I'm so, we have a mastermind date for those listening. I have a date with Sarah um, this coming week. So I'm going to tell you more about it there. But okay. So I have a brand new program called Vitamin U. Mm, which is so cute because we all need to take a vitamin of our own selves. You know what I mean? And it's a self-care program. So it's a sacred self-care journey and it launches in January, 2020. I'm so excited. And I'm bringing on doctors to share. I'm doing more of the spiritual, emotional element of self-care. And it's going to be a really cool opportunity for people to really practice what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people have put themselves first, but they want to deepen in that and embody that on another level. So that's something I'm working on. And then, of course, like I've been so ready to write my first book for like 10 years. I don't know. And you know, it's like, it's a lot. You just, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're there, you've done it. And so I'm going to be working on my book and I'm moving up to the redwoods in the forest. And I feel like even though people say you don't need to be this like pained, emotional forest, like, writer, I think it might inspire me to write my book up there because there's something, I don't know, yummy that nature does to my soul and my creativity. So that and yeah, that's it for right now. I still have my courses going on business strategy and mindset for business. And those those are epic. But right now I'm really excited about vitamin U. Oh my gosh. I love it. Self-care is everything. And I think, again, we're getting so programmed because marketers are now using self-care as this way to be like, get a facial so you're less bitchy at work or like go get a massage for your partner or go to the gym so that you look better like for someone else. And I'm like, self-care is about you. Like it's coming Mm -hmm. back to you. It's coming back to your truth. What brings you happiness? What brings you joy? What brings you peace? What brings you into your body? And I'm so excited because I think it's so needed right now. And, and just reconnecting to ourselves is something anyone listening could benefit from. So definitely check that out in January, 2020. I'm so stoked for you. Thank you. Yeah. It's deeper than the cute stuff. I mean, I love the cute stuff. Don't get me me wrong, but, but it's so deep. It has to be. It's you. It's like learning to parent yourself. It's deep stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we take care of everyone else, but we don't know how to take care of ourselves. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. 
any words you want to leave the listeners with any words of inspiration, anything that feels in alignment? Mm, Yeah. So I've started listening to podcasts for the first time in my life since I started my own podcast. And I, I literally never listened to podcasts before I started my own. I've been intaking a lot more lately from books, from podcasts, just listening, learning more than usually I'm in an output season of producing and serving. I've been more an input. And I've realized more than ever, and I think this is important for someone to hear, that do it your way. You, Your way is going to look different than everyone else's way, whether it's business, love, relationship, taking care of yourself, like anything, wellness, whatever we've talked about, all the different parts of life. Your way is your way. And no one's, even if it's kind of the same, will never look like yours. So it's just fly your freak flag. Do it the way you know feels right. If you mess up because you decided to do it your way, good. You learned a lesson you were meant to learn. I just feel like this individuality talk is really lighting me up. And as I'm taking in more and more, I'm realizing, oh, there's a lot of people telling you how to do a lot of things in a certain way. And they all kind of clash. And and so I'm realizing more and more, okay, just trust yourself because your path is your path and it's meant to be how it's meant to be. And it's happening for you for a reason and, and just to honor that. So I think the more you can own your unique individual way of being and doing, the better off you're going to be. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you. I love you so, 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 so I much. I love you. This is so fun. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so blessed you're here. I'm so blessed you're having these conversations and just, just in my presence, in the presence of all the listeners. And I love you. We'll do it again. Thank you. I'm so grateful that I got to talk to Libby about the myths, the misconceptions, and the challenges with going on a restrictive protocol, and some of the challenges when trying to figure out why our bodies sometimes feel out of balance. If you haven't yet, jot down some of the practices that Libby mentioned that you can implement this coming week to clear your energetic body and elevate your mindset. Because when you feel good mentally and emotionally, you're going to have that desire to continue to feel good. Therefore, you're going to eat and move in a way that honors your body. And you're going to be more likely to make healthier lifestyle choices. So often we think it's the other way around. Additionally, this week, create time in your morning to check in with your emotional and physical bodies and visualize yourself releasing anything that is no longer serving you before you start your day. It could be a belief, a thought, a story, an emotion, even a person or a situation. And then visualize yourself reclaiming that energy back. If this feels awkward or challenging, I encourage you just to allow the first thing that comes to mind and not try so hard. Just stay curious about what you need to let go of. Then at the end of the day, reflect again on what needs to be released. Continue to visualize yourself releasing whatever it is with ease and grace. Try this for seven days straight. And then if you feel called, send me a message on what happened from doing this exercise. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what came up and what profound shifts took place. You can always find me at Sarah Ann Stewart on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us 
share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.